this podcast is not intended for the purpose of diagnosing or providing mental health advice. Although we may have a lot of life experience on these topics, we are not professionals or experts. If you are struggling or need help, please contact your healthcare provider or a registered mental health clinician for your own unique circumstances. Thank you. episode, we will be covering topics that may be triggering for some listeners, so feel free to skip it if these topics or discussions feel unsafe to you. We always aim to create a space which is welcoming to all walks of life and experiences. However, the content of this space does include discussions about trauma and mental health issues. If you have any specific triggers you feel we should know about, don't hesitate to message us at youruncomfortzonepod on Instagram and we will do our best to include them at the beginning of the episode. Thank you. Hello, everyone. If you're new here, welcome to your uncomfort zone. And if you're not new, welcome back. So first of all, I just want to thank you guys for the feedback and the comments and messages you guys sent me from the last episode on toxic traits. Um, A lot of you guys were saying that you felt really validated and you related a lot to the contents of the episode. It's just an amazing thing to hear and that's really the whole goal here is to help people feel like they're not alone and like there's a space for them in this big wide world that is the internet. (laughs) I know that the last episode was a bit heavy and I kind of felt like I needed to tread lightly on the topic Conversations about subjects like abuse can be difficult to approach, especially if you're a survivor yourself, so I hope I was able to deliver my message um, well. I'm totally fine with talking about my personal experience for the most part, honestly. I just want to make sure that I present my experiences in a way that won't subject me to emotional setbacks, if that makes sense. I've done a pretty good job at distancing myself from situations and people that might cause setbacks but it's still something I'm trying to navigate where this is like a public platform I guess um and I really don't know how personal this podcast is going to get I'm sure the more I get the more I feel comfortable the more I'll be able to talk and again this is still really new to me so I I just want to make it clear that I do think that it's important for survivors to speak their truth and This whole thing is an experience of learning and growing, and I'm just gonna keep doing that. (laughs) Anyway, this is episode two of a new series that I've started on toxic traits, and today we'll be talking about toxic positivity. It's a bit of a buzzword right now, so some of you may have heard it already. We'll be talking a bit about its role in mental health and the mental health community and spaces on social media how to identify toxic positivity, and then later we'll discuss what we can do about it when we encounter it. So without further ado, let's just jump right in there. Before I get into the next section, I just want to issue a quick content warning. There will be some discussion about suicidal ideation and abuse, so if that's a topic that feels unsafe to you, feel free to skip it. It won't be a explicit description or anything. I just wanted to make sure that you guys know that I will be talking about that in the next section. Thank you.
Toxic positivity is defined as an overly positive approach to all situations and circumstances, which is often unhelpful or even damaging due to its invalidating and minimizing nature. Sometimes this shows up in our lives as peers, friends, or family members. They may seem well-intentioned, or they might try to convince you that they want what's best for you or even the world. When these people give you advice or feedback about your mental health, trauma, or overall negative experiences in your life, you will often walk away from the conversation feeling invalidated, upset, or hopeless. And before you say it, you're not being irrational or sensitive for feeling that way. The truth is, people who use toxic positivity in these interactions really just end up minimizing our experiences. They victim blame, guilt trip us, or even to a degree gaslight us with their positive words. So how do we recognize or spot these people? I think the best approach is to listen rather than look. Toxically positive people all have these sayings or what they might call words of wisdom as part of their brand or philosophy. Some common things you might hear from someone like that might include, I know you're having a rough time with your mental health, but remember it could be worse. Or you shouldn't feel so sad, you have an amazing life. If you think positively, you'll attract positivity. You're just not being positive enough. You don't need meds or therapy. You just need to breathe in good vibes. There's good in everyone. Or, that person has good in them somewhere. You can't move on without forgiveness. Forgive and forget. Excuse my sarcasm, but this might sound familiar. If this sounds like someone in your life, it's no fucking wonder you feel invalidated and exhausted. It's much harder for us to dig ourselves out of these dark places if we don't feel supported or if our feelings are constantly being invalidated. And we may even find ourselves in another downward spiral into despair and self-loathing if we start to believe the things that are being told to us by these people who just ooze toxic positivity. If you're still not sure if a person's positivity is harmful, try to look at your own thoughts after an interaction. You probably walked away from these conversations thinking things like, I'm trying really hard to be positive about this, but I just don't see it. I'm still feeling depressed and suicidal. Why isn't it enough? Maybe I am the problem. Maybe these things keep happening to me because I'm negative and I attract negativity or negative people. They don't seem to think my problems are big enough. Maybe I'm getting upset for no reason. I'll give my abuser a second chance because there might be good in them. If I reconcile and forgive the people who abused me, I'll feel better. This can get really dark or even dangerous if abuse or serious mental health issues are involved. All of these thoughts can be detrimental to our mental health and healing and it can even feel familiar to some of us. If we take a step back and look, we can see a lot of similarities with this way of thinking and how a lot of us feel when we've been the victims of gaslighting and emotional manipulation. So take a look at last week's episode for that. Toxic positivity is counterproductive to our development because it teaches us that the people around us will not validate us and that maybe we should be minimizing and invalidating ourselves too, or that we should just keep it to ourselves. In my opinion, the worst part about these people is that we almost always find them in spaces where we seek support, like our families or friends. 
Or we may even find them within the very foundations of healing work, like certain wellness instructors for alternative medicine or spiritual healing. I don't know about you guys, but I've sort of noticed that to be another on-brand thing for a toxic positivity. Sometimes those who subscribe to alternative medicine can be these unhelpful or toxic influences, or they may just have those types of people around them, like someone in your yoga class or in a support group of some kind. Take notice of people who preach forgive and forget, or see the good in everyone, or radiate good energy when you open up about abuse or trauma too. These no bad vibes people who are adamant about everyone getting along really just end up enabling shitty behavior a lot of the time. You don't have to like everyone, you don't have to get along with everyone, and you certainly don't have to humanize or empathize with your abusers. Humanizing people who are abusive and harmful can really be detrimental to the well-being of survivors and the oppressed. Forgiveness and reconciliation to keep the peace in the face of injustice is harmful. Expecting the oppressed or abused to stand next to their oppressors and abusers and be friends does nothing except reinforce the abuser's behavior. This is where toxic positivity can be incredibly destructive. So if we're searching for support in our healing journey and run into toxic positivity, it will be harder to trust these spaces or the people in them going forward. Which is unfortunate because there are amazing counselors and people doing great work in these healing spaces, especially when it comes to mindfulness or other self-affirming techniques. So I definitely don't want you to feel like you need to be discouraged or like you need to avoid spaces that fit in with your personal growth journey or your mental health treatment plan. Just be wary of these traits in people if you run into them and expect to run into them in your life if you haven't already. I know I've run into them too. In a broader sense, toxic positivity has become a big part of our culture. You might not notice it at first glance, but it's in online mental health spaces, activism. We see it on TV shows and in movies too. It's led us to this place where we feel like we need to be happy all the time that a complete lack of negative emotions or experiences is what we need to be striving for in the name of mental health and wellness. Listen, I'm all for the recent rise of mental health awareness and advocacy, but I think there's a lot we need to work on as a society to make people who live with mental health issues and trauma feel safe talking about our struggles. And one of the biggest things that just won't ever sit right with me is this looming shadow of toxic positivity. It's as if negative emotions of any kind are just not acceptable. I mean, it would be great if we could just be happy all the time. It would be great if we didn't experience depression or anxiety, shame or guilt. That would be amazing, but we're fucking human beings. Having a wide range of positive and negative emotions is a really healthy thing. It's really what makes us human. The point of therapy and healing is to learn how to cope with more negative ones when they get out of control, not to erase them. You're allowed to cry, and you're allowed to have sad days and be frustrated and feel guilt and shame and anger and jealousy and everything else that toxic positivity tells us is unacceptable. Healing means living and experiencing our emotions without judging them or trying to snuff them out. Nothing good can come from trying to stifle our sadness or our anger. 
we need to be able to express our emotions so that we can decompress and experience the good ones too. And I know, I know, anyone who's listening to this who knows me in real life is probably rolling their eyes a bit at me right now. I have a very bad habit of trying to explain away my emotions or suppress them instead of feeling them, specifically when it comes to sadness. But it's because I'm like a pressure cooker of emotions at any given time that I can definitively say it's not good for you. You can only fit so much water and apply so much heat to a pot before it boils over. I'm working on it though, you guys, don't worry. Also, can you imagine how terrifying it would be to see every person on the earth walking around with massive grins on their faces all the time, regardless of their circumstance, regardless of how shitty their day is going? It sounds like the beginning of a dystopian novel, if you ask me. My point is, we need to feel all of our feelings. We need to experience them in order for our minds to be healthy. If we don't experience all of our emotions, how can we know if our range is healthy or if our thoughts are harmful to us? We can't. So have a good cry if you need to. It's okay to not be okay. Coming up next, what do we do when we run into toxic positivity? How do we protect ourselves from its influence and the people who use it? So in the last episode, I mentioned how toxic traits are basically how people cope with discomfort. This can be seen in toxic positivity too. Maybe they just don't know how to deal with conversations about difficult subjects, or maybe they lack empathy or insight. Maybe that's just how they ineffectively deal with their own problems. People are complex, so who knows. But I do know that it definitely isn't healthy for anyone to just avoid negative scenarios by covering it up with good vibrations instead of facing them head on. Bottom line is, it's harmful and invalidating to other people to tell them that they can change their mental health if they just put out good energy. Now that we've explored what toxic positivity is and how it affects us, I want to talk a bit about what we can do if we run into it. Also, if you're listening to this and thinking, I've definitely said some of those things in the first part of the episode, but didn't recognize it was harmful, I'm not trying to paint everyone with the same brush here. There are absolutely people who use toxic positivity in a way which enables bad behavior and in a way that ignores the experiences of living with mental health issues. This might be because they either don't want to deal with difficult conversation or they just truly believe that people are choosing to be in a negative headspace. On the other hand, there are also tons of people who might be saying these things with pure intentions. I think we've all probably said things like, look at the bright side, or to think happy thoughts to someone we love or even ourselves without a second thought. If you're the latter, you might be feeling attacked by this entire episode. I still stand by my belief that these phrases about good vibrations and manifesting positivity are still more harmful than helpful regardless of your intent. Which is why I think we need to learn how to better support our loved ones when they come forward with stories about their emotional struggles. The realizations you may have come to during this episode are your opportunities for growth and to learn how to help others without making them feel gaslighted or unheard. The first step as a person on the receiving end of toxic positivity is to identify and communicate with the people who are exhibiting the behavior. Let them know that their words are not helpful and that they make you feel like you're being silenced. Communicate with them exactly why these phrases are invalidating to your experience. 
If the person simply doesn't know that they're not being helpful and they actually want to help you, they will listen to you. I think a lot of people who do these things might be blinded by privilege, like maybe they don't have any experiences with mental illness or trauma themselves. I've seen this countless times. Or maybe they think they're actually being kind. By communicating your feelings with them, you're also validating yourself, which is a really powerful thing and a big part of inner healing work. So if they're receptive, maybe offer them some examples of words of affirmation that are helpful. Like, for example, instead of telling you to look for the good in the situation, tell them that it's much more helpful to just listen and say things like, that sounds really difficult, I'm sorry you're going through that. Or instead of suggesting being positive attracts positivity, they might say something like, what do you need right now? Sometimes all we need is for someone to listen while we rant. Let them know that they can show how they care about a person without giving advice. And feeling negatively about a shitty situation is completely normal and okay. But say that person chooses not to listen or they get defensive about your call out. You need to recognize and accept that you can't change that person's mind or their behavior. Only they can do that. And I get it. Acknowledging that can really fucking hurt. Just remember to acknowledge that hurt and experience that hurt so you can move forward. The most you can do is offer them an opportunity to change and to hold themselves accountable. I think the biggest way to protect ourselves in situations like this is to set up boundaries. Now. This can be especially hard if that person is someone you love or trust, like a family member or a friend. We want to let those people in, and we look for these moments of understanding from those people. But I do think that boundaries are necessary, especially with toxically positive people who are close to us. So these boundaries might look like going somewhere else to get advice. There are probably other avenues you can go down for these types of conversations, and trust me, there are so many people in the world who can give you that. Counselors, people in support groups, therapists, and other friends and family members you trust. Don't waste your energy trying to get someone to affirm your experiences who has shown you nothing but the opposite, regardless of who that might be. Also, nothing says self-affirming and validation like boundaries do. And that brings me to my next point. Learn to validate yourself. Don't get me wrong, we need connection and kinship with others. A fucking course we do. But so many of us who live with mental illnesses, neurodivergencies, and trauma have lived in existence where we are constantly looking for other people to give us the acceptance and love that we aren't giving ourselves. We walk around feeling like imposters, hoping that someone in our lives will see what we see because it's fucking lonely sometimes. When toxic positivity starts impacting our lives, we are at a great risk of stunting our personal growth and even leaving situations or behaviors behind that cause us distress and trauma. And all of this is because toxic positivity feeds into that shame and the guilt and the self-blame that we carry around with us. You are not being ridiculous or irrational, and anyone who says, you're just not being positive enough, clearly lack a lot of empathy and perspective on situations like that. Not everyone will get it, but we get it. And I think it's important for us to be gentle with ourselves in those moments of self-doubt and remind ourselves of our lived experience. Our trauma and mental health is valid, and whatever we feel about those things is real. No other person can make us feel or believe that, except us. 
And the last thing I'm going to leave you guys with is own your own reality. It's a huge part of how we learn how to heal. No amount of good vibes or crystal collecting or happy thoughts can change that. And don't let anyone convince you that you have to be smiling in horrible situations in order to get better. Live your truth. So I kind of decided to just add this last little segment, just completely unscripted, just me in my living room. Um, it is September 25th, uh, 2020, and um, we just kind of got for any of you following the news or BLM right now, um, we just got the news that um, justice was not served in the case of Breonna Taylor. And I just want to make sure that people are able to recognize toxic positivity within activism as well. So I see it a lot um, across a lot of different forms of activism and uh, politics and human rights movements and things like that. Um, if you're, if you consider yourself to be an ally or you're working on allyship, I do think it's important that we call out those people within the movements. Uh, you're probably going to see them a lot. Um, so people that are predominantly not marginalized people, um, You'll hear them say things like, oh, I believe in equality and why can't we love each other? And if um, if these marginalized people weren't so angry all the time, then maybe there would be change. And I just think that that's super fucking harmful. Um, it is gaslighting. You are telling them that they're not being nice enough. But the fact of the matter is racism is not nice experiencing racism is traumatic and if you can't see that if you don't understand that then you need to do yourself a favor and everyone else's favor and check your privilege and maybe read on generational trauma actually i think everybody should read about generational trauma but um you know we can't go around just being complacent and toxic positivity in reinforces complacency in the face of oppression and it teaches people that if we are just if we're all just nice to each other then it's going to everything's going to be fine everything's going to work out but that's just that's not the truth we don't grow in comfort we don't grow just treating everybody like it's okay that you feel that way because it's not okay that you feel that way it's not okay if you feel like an entire group of people are not worthy of being considered human, really. Because um, that's really what this is all about. And uh, I do urge you guys um, um, to educate yourself on how to be a good ally. Um, I ha On my main Instagram account, I have a really good set of different resources. So I'll probably start a highlights um, section on the Your Uncomfort Zone uh, podcast Instagram as well, including allyship slides and different resources for allies. Um, but yeah, I do think that's important to like, especially with talking about this specific topic, that we are able to recognize toxic positivity within activism. We're at a, a point right now that a lot of people are feeling uh, exhausted, um, specifically Obviously, I'm more so talking about um, 
people within the black community. Black people don't get to don't get the privilege of being able to shut this off. You know, they don't they don't get to turn it off and be like, oh, I'm exhausted today. I'm going to take a break. Like this is literally their existence, their their lived existence in this world is experiencing this every single day. So I think it's important that we can protect their voices and uplift their voices by snuffing out toxic positivity when we see it. Yeah, and it, it's just something that I see a lot, um, especially something I've seen a lot through my growth as a an activist and as someone who's really passionate about um, human rights movements, about feminism, about politics, about, you know, the injustices that happen in our society. Um, when I first uh, started learning about feminism and about um, racial equality and, and equity, I... I saw a lot of like white feminism, like white liberal feminism, which is like, I kind of like to think of it as like baby feminism, like what people kind of uh, like their first, most people's first exposure to feminism is that sort of thing. And it's, but it's not helpful. Like if you stay in that like space of just, not trying to step on anyone's toes and trying to protect like your privileges as a white person. Um, you're not actually helping anybody um, by saying things like let's all love each other and good vibes and equality. It's not actually equality if you're just protecting your privilege with toxic positivity, you know, and it's not actually helpful if you're, trying to silence black voices by saying that they're being negative or angry. They have a right to be angry. This is a negative situation. This is a fucked up situation. Um, they have every right to be angry. And um, I'll probably do an episode on self-validation, but something that I, I, I've seen in my own life um, with self-validation I was actually talking to my therapist the other day and she told me that this angry kind of part of myself uh that I have with my own experience with abuse is self-validating it's validating my experience with abuse it's telling me that what happened to me was real and it was wrong and I should be upset about it right so when you see a black person or like any person of color who is within a movement that is protecting their their rights or trying to uplift their voices um, and you see them being angry about it, know that, that that anger is validating their experience. If you try to like blanket their anger or their their feelings of like being upset about it, you you are covering up their self-validation or their their platform to validate their experience within the black community. So I do think it's important that we listen. We listen to those voices. They have every fucking right to be angry. Is that's It is what it is. And toxic positivity is extremely detrimental to the Black Lives Matter movement. So if you're an ally, you consider yourself an ally, or you want to practice allyship, make sure that you're calling this shit out with, when you see it. Um, and make sure that you do that because it's... Yeah, it's super fucking important. So that is my last little segment in this episode. If you guys have any questions or comments or anything, you know where to find me. 
Thank you once again for tuning in to your uncomfort zone this week. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot me a message on Instagram at your uncomfort zone pod. I always look forward to hearing from you and give me a follow while you're at it. Don't forget to give this episode a like or five stars. Every bit of interaction is greatly appreciated and will help this podcast grow. Share it with your friends, your family, your pets, your partner, or anyone else you think might find this content helpful. Next week will be another episode on the Toxic Traits series, so tune in on Tuesday and give it a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and at our home base, the Anchor app. So don't forget to follow us so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening and have the sweetest day. Bye.